Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this month's show, we're going to be talking about a Big Finish uh, production. And this time we've selected an eighth Doctor story, The Horror of Glam Rock. But first, the news. So, what's been happening while we've been away for the last month? Um, not a lot, it seems. No. No, it's, it's been rather uh, rather thin on the ground. But we, we'll, we'll bravely battle through <laughs> this very paltry amount of news we have to bring you. But obviously... The big thing that happened um, recently was the Macro Terror has finally been released on DVD and Blu-ray, and that was released on the 25th of March. Um, have you got your copy, Paul? I haven't, no. You haven't? Oh, bad fan, bad fan. Um, well, no, because I seem to remember somebody who said to me that they'd give me the copy, as they'd already pre-ordered it, and they was going to the BFI, and the BFI ticket came with a copy, they'd give me the copy they got on the BFI. I know, but unfortunately, I didn't make it. <laughs> I know. Well, who's the bad fan now? Well, I, I'd, I'd say, um, actually, uh, <laughs> I've got very, very good reason I didn't go. My daughter had chicken pox, so um, it, it was all for a very, very good reason. Um, so um, how dare you question my parenting skills? <laughs> I was like, Pat, I didn't go because West Ham was playing Huddersfield. Ha-ha, <laughs> 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 hoist boy your own petard there, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. So I didn't see the uh, the, the the BFI screening. I had to say I did plan on going, but um, yeah. So anyone who went to that would have got a free copy of the DVD, which I was going to give to Paul. <laughs> which is why I never ordered it because I thought it's, I don't have a point. Of so I guess you have it. to order your copy like the rest of us. Then won't I think you? I might as well get the Blu-ray now. Might as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. Mine, mine. Uh, I, I watched mine. I watched the colour version so far, and right. um, it's very nice. Um, it's not a. Hmm. It's nice to have it com- complete as part of the collection. It's not a, a, a fantastic story, but only stretch of the imagination. Um, it, it's it's a typical trout and base under siege story. Really, um, the animation is still, still sort of fairly, fairly basic. Um, yeah. As we, as we come to expect with these, but it's just nice to be able to watch it, really. And, and to be honest, I did. I personally came into this with no preconception because I'm, I'm not. I've not listened to any of the audio um, releases of, of this or any reconstructions or or anything like that. So um, this technically for me was a, a new Doctor Who story. Yeah. You know, so but it, it was good. It's good, it's good. Um, but say, but it's nothing, nothing sort of earth-shattering story-wise. Put it that way. Mm. Oh, nice. I, I, I will now proceed to buy my coffee. Yes, you should do. You should do. But um, but say, I mean, there, there was a few um, um, extras on. There's an audio commentary. Uh, we we moderate by Toby Haydoke. You've got the episode reconstructions with the surviving film frames. If you want to watch that, a bonus mini episode which I have watched, which is that Wheel in Space, right? Um, animated short, um, which I'm, I'm kind of hoping will develop into something larger. Otherwise, what's the point to it? Yeah, because we, mean, we, we we know what they how they can animate stuff. We know what they can do. So, I mean, whether that was I don't know whether that was a test for this. You know, it could have I been. I don't know, but then why not just do this <laughs> as a test? Yeah, bits of this as, as a test. Yeah. Well, the thing I is, that there's there's an animation test on this DVD of the Macro Terror. Yeah. Which was which was produced in well, basically this time last year, March or a bit before last this time last year, March last year. So um, 
So that they did a test for that, but this, they, I don't know when they did this this ten minute clip of um, Weed in Space. But I just thought, well, if you're not gonna, if it's a show reel thing, well, what's the point? We've already seen what you can do. So yeah, I, mean, I think we had this conversation when this, that was first come to light, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I suspect, as with everything, they'll see how well this sells. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if, but and if well, and if, the, and if this starts coining in the money, then we might well see. Well, who we'll, we shall see, we shall see, shall not we? So, because the other the other release that came out this month as well was the um, the season eighteen um, Blu Ray box set. Um, yeah, which which, it, which is again is very very nice. I've got. Um, I think I seem to receive it a week after everybody else. If I'm perfectly honest, I know I don't know why, but Amazon. I think Amazon just ran out of stock. To be honest, I think they just didn't. I don't think they could meet demand, um, right. which is which is a good sign. If that if that's the yeah. case, it's, that's a very good sign. Um, but I think people are asking, you know, what's going to be the next Blu-ray release? Um, and I think people are now are saying season ten. Not season ten. Se- um, it would have been uh, season seven. Sorry, I think what Pertwee's first season. Yeah. So which which would which would please me? Yeah. Yeah, I could see why you do that as a as a one because it's got pretty strong stories, right? Yeah, it has through, actually, isn't it? isn't it? It has. So we shall we shall see on that. And, and, and they've already done one as a Blu-ray anyway. So well, I think I think they've they've done um, Spirit from Space twice on a Blu-ray now, haven't they? So this yeah, or at least twice. So this will be at least the third attempt at it. But, yeah, uh, but oh, I mean, that's a great oh, story oh. anyway. Oh, not not another attempt at all. Just a new little package. <laughs> yeah, that's probably more to the point, actually. Yes. So uh, now, um, next up in the, in the news, and I suppose you could say. So we really are scrabbling around for news uh, this month. Um, Jodie Whittaker has been offered the freedom of the city of London. Um, apparently, she's been one of um, more than one hundred women who received the freedom of the city of London to correct the centenary of the representation of the People's Act, nineteen eighteen. So um, I must admit, I looked at that and I thought, well, "What was her connection to London?" Mm-hmm. As such, but apparently she trained at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. Ah, there you so, are. So there you was, are. So it does but, uh, does have a does have a London connection? So yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the, the the sort of irony of it is, it actually becomes one of the free men of of <laughs> of, of London. So, um, hmm. That's yes. a bit of a yeah strange strange title to do, to do uh, to bestow on a hundred women. They're now free men, but okay. In these gender fluid times, Paul, who cares? So, <laughs> but um, but apparently this this now um, gives her the right and these and the other ninety nine uh, women as well the right to drive sheep across London Bridge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, if you were given the the, the freedom of the city of London, would you do that? Um. Just, just to, or piss off London, really. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I think it'd probably piss off shit more than it would London. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no, I, I yeah, I, I, sorry, I would, I would just to be belligerent, I would say it is my right to drive the sheep across London Bridge and hold the traffic up for me because I'm a free man of London. <laughs> <laughs> oh crikey. Right, okay. Now, uh, next up in the news, we have um, a couple of other big finish news. Um, now, 
Big Finish are bringing back a, an old companion of the first Doctor, Katrina, um, who unfortunately, I think only well, there's only sort of one episode survives of her um, tenure um, <laughs> with the first Doctor because she got killed off rather early in the uh, Daleks' master plan. Um, no, but they're bringing her back. Oh, come um, on, spoilers. You could have <laughs> Now, the last time we saw this character was in 1965, and this is going to be form um, part of a series called Doctor Who The Early Adventures, and this will be Series 6, which is going to help um, celebrate 20 years of Doctor Who um, on audio. And um, so basically, so and, uh, uh, someone's been cast. Uh, actually, one of have Ajaz Awad, who's been in Stones and Holby City. Um, there's a photograph of her on the Doctor Who News website. Um, and I must admit, I have seen her before, but I, 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 so I don't watch Stones or Holby City, so um, I, I've yeah. got no, I, I can't place where I've seen her before. Um, however, she's going to be joined um, by Peter Purvis, who's going to return as Stephen Taylor, and he's also going to be playing the first Doctor. Right, as well, which is going to be um, could be quite interesting. I don't know if he's if he's done this before or not. I know Fraser Hines does Troughton now, doesn't he? Yeah, because um, that's going to form part of the other one. Um, some of the other stories that he's going to be doing the second Doctor. Wendy Pabry's back um, as Zoe, as well. So, um, and there's another actor playing uh, Ben Jackson. So uh, I think there's going to be uh, Annika Wills is going to return as Polly. So they're they're doing quite a few um, sort of. Second, do- excuse me. Second Doctor stories as well. However, um, I'm not familiar with whether Peter Purvis has actually done the first Doctor before. No, I don't know actually. No, absolutely no idea. But um, but these two adventures um, will be released in November this year, um, and they will cost you fourteen pounds ninety on CD or ten ninety on download, um, or you can purchase them together in a bundle. Uh, price £26 on CD or £20 on download. Right. So there you go. There you go. So that's, uh, I don't, I'm not too sure if they're actually available for to pre-order at the moment. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. But there we are. Okay. Now, uh, next up in Big Finish News, we have um, something called... Now, I've not been keeping up on current events for this, but there's been an 8th Doctor um, range called Ravenous. Yes. Um, and now that the now are you familiar with this at all, Paul? I've got no uh, idea what it's no, about. I've not heard any of them. No. No. I, well, as as our, our sort of listeners know, we, we are playing we are playing the long game really with <laughs> with the with the big finish. So um, yes, yeah, we we have got twenty years worth to to get through. So we're we're sort of dipping our toes in the the early years. Um, Come on. Yes. As, as as you as you will see when we get round to our review later. Um, but um, no, this is the the final part of Ravenous is Ravenous Four, um, and it's going to feature um, well, all of the surviving masters. So you're going to have Michelle Gomez, uh, Missy, Derek Jacobi, Jeffrey Beavers, and Eric Roberts, um, which apparently is going to be the first time that he's faced against the Eighth Doctor since the uh, TV movie. Yes, in 1997. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, apparently it was a bit of a logistical nightmare to recall because they recalled in um, at the actors sort of spread across the Atlantic. So you had some like some in the UK, some in New York, some in LA. Um, so apparently it, it's taken quite a while to, to pull this one together. But um, come on, look, if we can do a podcast without being in the same room, they can do that. 
Well, across the, the mighty gulf between Lewisham and Catford, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Anyway, it's okay. safer to cross the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I can't disagree with that, actually. But <laughs> now, this is going to be a release in October uh, this year, um, and it is available to pre order. Um, actually, this one, um, and Ravenous Three, which hasn't been released yet, this going to be released in um, April th- this month. Um, that's also available to, um, to to pre-order at the moment. So um, both titles are priced at twenty-three pounds on CD and twenty pounds um, for download. That's that's each of them. There's no sort of bundle with this one. Um, however, the previous releases, it says a Ravenous One and Two, are both available at thirty-five pounds on CD or thirty pounds on download. Um, actually, it does say here, actually, all four volumes, which probably won't be um, until later on this year, will be released as a bundle, um, and that'll be priced at £90 on CD or £80 on download. Mm. So, um, so if, you, if, if, you, if you're like me and Paul, I haven't got any of this so far, we can just get the bundle. Yeah. But Or we could just find someone who could just give us an illegal download. But, um, <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, did I? We don't do that. No, no we don't do that. We don't. No, no. We're doing everything above board on this podcast. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, apart from getting your free copies of uh, the Macro Terror. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, you paid for it. You just didn't pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> didn't pick it. I didn't go and see the Macro Terror. I lost out <laughs> so everything there, didn't I? Blimey. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 we're the only people that actually pay for stuff and then don't bother using getting it. <laughs> That's how we work. That's how we roll this podcast, I'm telling you. Now, uh, finally in the news, this um, I think this this was announced shortly after we released our last podcast, actually, and this did sort of, um, it, it sort of catch, caught my eye, and I thought we, we, we have to mention this when we record again um, <laughs> later. Um, John Levine, um, as, as, as TV Sergeant Benton, has um, released an autobiography um, through Phantom Publishing, um, and it's it's called um, "Run the Shadows, Walk the Sun," uh, um, an, an intriguing title. I, I think you'll find um, this autobiography is written with uh, Michael Seeley. Um, it was printed in hardback, price at nineteen ninety nine, um, and it's exclusively available at the moment from Phantom Publishing. Um, actually, until it's trade release in April. So by the time this podcast goes out, you should be able to get through the uh, the normal channels. Um, yes. But uh, um, I, I am in two minds whether to buy this. Because one minute it could be really cringeworthy. Yeah. Or two, it could be utterly, it could be utterly fascinating. No, no, I thought you was going to say it could be really cringeworthy, or it could just be normal. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants a normal autobiography, especially not from John Levine. So. Oh God, um, yeah. I mean, even that, like the 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 the, uh, the blurb for it. Um, really, I, I just want to read a little bit out for you here, just to give you a flavour, really, of of. Um, of, of the man, I think. Um, this um, is the emotional and truthful account of a life that should not have been lived. We follow the pure highs and brutal lows of a working-class Salisbury lad, and he struggled to get away from his origins as an ill, undereducated and misunderstood boy with no genuine prospects in a world which he did not fit. 
His journey takes him to a place like London's West End. He should have said London's glittering West End there, actually. As a private detective, Paris, Spain and Africa, where he organised spectacular events. What, cockfights or something? I don't know. Um, and then crossing the globe to South America to witness the enormous gulf between rich and poor before moving to Hollywood and daring to dream of success. Now, if that doesn't make you want to read it, I don't know what, what, what will. Yes. To be honest, I really don't. I know it sounds like I've been rather flippant about it, um, but I, I, yeah, John John Levine is one of um, he, he's an entertaining character. Put it that way. Yes, he's an entertaining character. So um, yeah, I, I might just get this. I might just get this one. We'll see. There might be a review coming on the Who's He podcast of John Levine's autobiography. We'll 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 find out in due course. <laughs> Let's see so, if I can oh. finish it. <laughs> I like the fact it says all website orders will be signed by the author. What, Michael Seeley? <laughs> they will turn up signed Michael Seeley. <laughs> oh dear. Oh well, so there you go, everybody. There you go. So that is it for the news for this podcast uh, for for, the, for this month of April. So um, yeah, that's it. I, I, I would like to bring some tat to you, but there's nothing, is there? No. There's, there's no tat. There's, it's really, we're really struggling. There's no news coming out of the production of the next series of Doctor Who. It's, um, there is a dodo at the moment. Yeah. It's really, it's really weird. It's really weird. So, okay. Well, maybe by the time we get around to recording next month, we might have some more, some more interesting news for you. So there we go. So anyway, coming up next, uh, we're going to be talking about the horror of glam rock from Big Finish. Uh, so for another month then. That was the news. Right, everybody, it's time for a big finish review. And as we said previously, uh, this month we are doing the horror of glam rock. So let's listen to the trailer. up here in the middle of the night, Trisha. If you sit in there long enough, you'll get to see all the stars there are. The best sausage and chips you'll ever get. It just looks like a grassy old motorway services. Oh, crimes. Why 1974? I was trying for your time. This is as close as I could get, as close as I'm allowed to get. Somewhere deep inside, Trisha, yeah, yeah, exists a heaven. I've seen it all, believe you me. Most of them who stop here, they just want egg and chips. I could be a machine for all they care. Oh, it's, it's right outside. Do you think it can smell us? Oh, my windows! Those creatures are coming in! You do this a lot, don't you? Hmm? Danger like this. It's one thing after another with you, isn't it? I don't go looking for trouble. But it finds you, somehow, every time. That's true enough. Horror of Glam Rock. Right, Paul, it's your turn to kick off this month, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, okay. What do you think of this one? Um, I actually liked it. Um, well, first of all, you do ask yourself, what came first, the idea for the story or the title? 
Hmm. Yeah, that that had occurred to me actually. <laughs> or at least I, I I wonder if the idea of the 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 story of a motorway service station under siege had come, and then the idea of setting it in seventy four, so they could so they could set it in the glam rock period. Yes. Yeah. Followed. Possible. Possible. But. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what? But, what but, did you? So what? What did? So you said you enjoyed this one. For what particular reason did you enjoy uh, this? Then? I actually thought it was it was a reasonably de- yeah it was, it was it was a it was a good old fashioned Doctor Who story of the as we as we was talking about earlier with the Macrotera Mac- yeah un- a base under siege really yes yes it was uh, that, that, I mean that is it's, it's as simple as that really isn't it because it's only yes. a um, I was like, this was released in two th- January two thousand and seven. Um, yeah. It was also broadcast on BBC Seven, which is now BBC Radio Four Extra. Um, but it's only it only lasts for fifty minutes, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is which is basically the, the average hour length. Slot. Of, yeah. Yeah, I would say the length of, of a of a Doctor Who episode on television these days. Yeah. You know, so it's um, yeah, it, it's it, it needs to be simple then, because I say some some big finished stories can be. Uh, sort of quite intricate sometimes. Yeah, um, it, it, it's difficult to see how they could have stretched this one. Actually, I don't. I don't. I think they kept it reasonably. I mean, it is a reasonably simple story, and I think it it's it to fit its time scale. Yes, yes, you, I think if, so. If you're expecting intricate plots and lots of different um characters and scenes and whatever then you know you're not going to get it with this but mm. no, it, it's 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 an enjoyable 50 minutes it didn't it didn't feel that i'd wasted the 50 minutes let's definitely say that no no i so i've listened to it um twice actually um and i'd, I'd say i enjoyed it on both occasions yeah um to be honest i mean it, it's got i suppose you could say an element of stunt casting to this, other ones will sort of do this now because it, it's basically it, it's. I don't really want to spoil it for anybody. Really, I know we sort of it's released like for quite a few of two thousand seven, so it's, it's been out there for a long time. Now we do usually yeah. sort of talk about the, the plot and everything, but um, it, it's sort of based uh, that the, the characters in this sort of Tommy and Trisha tomorrow, who are going to be um, sort of the next big thing on top of the sort of top of the pot. That's what that's where they're trying yeah. to get to. They're trying to get to top yeah. of the pops. Um, but they're sort of trapped in this um, cafe because of a snowstorm and these creatures hanging around outside as well. So, um, but the an cat- interesting casting of well, what you think we are going to fear is well, I was, well, was going to say that their manager, yes, but what person is going to say the stunt casting really is, is Stephen Gately, um, right? Who, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, um, but um, yeah, he was uh, part of the uh, boy band Boy Zone. Um, back in the day, so he plays the part of Tommy Tomorrow, um, and his sister's played by Claire Buckfield. Um, oh God, I'm trying to think what she's been on television. Actually, Claire Buckfield, but she has been other other big Finnish um, stories um, as well. Actually, she was in Dead London and The One Doctor um, as well. So yeah, so I mean, yeah, Stephen Gately. I, 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 when I saw that, I thought, oh dear, this could be a bit. This could go badly. Um, but I was actually quite surprised, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, 
to be fair, there's not a. I mean, it's it's not a part that's necessarily gonna stretch him. Although, I mean, he has to to be convincing. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, no, I mean, to be perfectly honest, if you didn't know it was him, you wouldn't have thought, oh, the person playing Tommy wasn't very good. Hmm, yeah. You, you just said, no, that, that, was a, that was a fair enough performance. It's Yeah, know. I think so, I think so. Um, I, mean, I mean, of course, if and they, and they did exactly this as well, Stephen Gate, he gets to sing a song as well, yeah. which, is, which is used well, um, quite sort of frequently. Well, that, that 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 is obviously the reason they wanted to cast the singer, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But however, Claire Buckfield does also do her vocals on the track as well. So yeah, but they did cast. Right. Act, she she was the one who, who had the stretch here, wasn't it? Because obviously Stephen Gately was going to play it with his own accent. Yes. So she had to be being his sister. She had to have the same accent. Well, she said that um, if you have you listened, did you listen to the yes, little did, yeah. um, interviews afterwards? She said her family's actually from Northern Ireland. Yeah, uh, was Stephen Gate from the um, from the Republic? So um, yeah, she had she she said she had to study his voice and also um, uh, what's the guy's name? The other member of Boys Own, Ronan Keating. Yeah, as well. So um, so she said her accent kind of falls in between that those two, somewhat. But um, I thought she was. I thought she was. I, do you know what? I don't think there's anybody who's puts in a bad performance in this. No. Um, to be honest, I think apart from. I'll say that the 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 voice of the the, the creatures of, of of this the the, the yes. only ones um, which I thought was embarrassing to be honest. That's the yeah. only thing that lets this down. To be honest, um, yeah, that that they, they was that was that was just too over the top. Wasn't do, you, it? Do, you, do you know what it reminded me of though? You know that episode of um, the Simpsons with Mulder and Scully, and they find that A, which is Mister Burns, and he said, "I bring you peace." <laughs> 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 it reminded me of that as soon as I heard it. I, said, I bring you love. <laughs> hey, he's bringing us love. Get him. <laughs> oh God. Um, I must. I must admit. Yeah. I think. Having said, I like this. I think that the ending to it is slightly weak. Um. Well, yes. Just because they're they're very weak, really. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the actual monsters are, are well. The, the, their corporeal forms aren't very weak, put it that way. Yeah. Um, but the resolution, while um, while interesting, yeah, it is, it is fairly weak. Yeah. However, you don't, you it, don't it, really feel no the 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 fear or the um what's the word trepidation when they speak? Do you? Mm, no, not really. No, as I said, it made me think of Mister Burns. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the. The, the thing it's sort of like that you said that the resolution to it though it what I did like was it's the doctor built something yeah he constructed it out of odds and ends and what what he had what he had to hand which um which I thought thought was very very doctor very very pertwee as well yeah to to be honest so I, I'd liked that I, I like that aspect of it. but as you say it was a quite a it was wrapped up rather quickly. But then again, it's only a 15 then, minute yeah. episode, and what, then, what else, and what else like, could you stretch like, out from it? You know, I just don't know where else. Yeah, they could have gone with this. There's, I mean, it was meant. It is meant to be a very quick, all happening in almost real time. Yes, it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, 
But uh, actually, I, well, we, we did mention the song. Um, was it called "Children of Tomorrow"? Um, yeah. And and apparently, it was the the final single released by by Stephen Gately. Funnily enough, right. Um, but the it was written by um, a guy called Tim Sutton. The lyrics by Barnaby Edwards, actually. Um, so there's a lot a lot of stuff for uh, Big Finish, and also Dalek um, operator extraordinaire. So um, I th- I thought it was actually quite a good mishmash, really, of sort of glam rock bands or sounds. I yeah. should say. Oh, I'm, yeah, I think they got the the feel of the the era. Yeah, right there. But it, it was I mean, more sort of like the Bowie a Bowie. Mark Boland feel rather than yeah. say like a Slade feel, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So no, I I, I did quite like it. What do you make of the the glam rock version of the Doctor Who theme at the end? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I wasn't too sure about the backing think, vocals. I thought I think, some, think, someone's straining a little bit to reach those high notes. <laughs> I, I think it could get annoying if you heard it too often. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now, of course, one of the other things that that's used and that's actually used in in the Children of Tomorrow is a is a, um, a stylophone. Yes, um, as well, um, which were sort of quite which which David Bowie used, didn't he, on um, Space Oddity? Yes, and so all, all it's ticking all the Bowie boxes at the moment. This story, isn't it? So even down to the, the one of the characters, Arnold Corns, which was the name of a band that Bowie formed in 1971, by all accounts. Yeah, I mean there there was there was lots of little in jokes. Yes, yeah. Into it wasn't it? You know, like variously trying to mention bits of songs and you're like, hey, doctor, leave those kids alone. Kids alone, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I, I I say it, it was it was um, you know, the, <laughs> I think that the only bit that sort of got quite annoying was that the the. Stephen Gatty character kept playing to make contact with the with the only ones was this yeah. same little motif over and over again on the stylophone, which which got a little bit grating because the noise of the stylophone is grating in itself, really. Um, but not a big fan. No, I'm not. The thing, I had one. <laughs> I had one when I was a kid, but um, it was. I begin to wonder what, what was going to happen here because this was made in two thousand seven. And I was going to wonder whether they're going to mention the now disgraced personality who plugged stylophones back in the day. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, they didn't. Now, I, I, yeah, they just didn't. So, um, which, which is probably a, a good thing, actually. So, I'm not going to name him. You can look it up if you want to find out who it was. Who it is? Look it up. But, but the thing is that I remember when I, I had this stylophone. It came with a little. Um, 45 single with him on it this yeah. disgraced personality um, extolling the virtues of um, the stylophone and, and get you to play along to, to certain songs so um, it, it was it, it, it was a really big thing back in the day and of course those who listen to the, the Ferris Project when they actually bought to put a bloody episode out um, they play out with the stylophone each week so yes so there you are. So if you want to, if you want to hear a, a current example of the style of fun, listen to the Pharaohs Project. Slightly more musical than that one. Yes. Courtesy, courtesy of Mr. Chris there. So, uh, um, yeah, but um, yeah, no, the, the, of course that the the I think the reason I because I selected this story didn't I for us to yeah. uh, to review and I think that the main reason um, I selected it is because this one 
also stars Bernard Cribbins. Yes. Um, and... And actually, as not a very nice character. No, he's not. He's not a very nice character, and he plays it bloody well. Well, yes. Which is, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, you, you, you don't even... You actually manage to not feel sympathy for the character. No. Despite the fact that you absolutely love Bernard Cribbins. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. a very but good I've, performance. It is a very good performance. And I I think, you know, I, I've, I've not seen... Or heard anything um, that Bernard Crimson has done that, that that he's been bad in or or middling in. Yeah, he's always putting a good performance. To, to me, he's he's like um, he's like another Peter Cushing. It doesn't matter what he's in; he always puts in a good performance. Mm. You know, so I mean, of course, he starred with Peter Cushing in the Invasion of Earth um, film, but yeah, um, yeah it just it's just one of those it's just one of those actors. Doesn't matter what he's in, it's a comedy or, or something like the railway railway children, for argument's sake. He plays a quite a curmudgeonly character in that as well, but he's brilliant in that. Yeah, and he plays a very a not very nice person in this <laughs> in this particular story, as you said. So, um, but again, you you can you can believe it, even though you think, oh no, it's Bernard Cribbins, nice cuddly yeah. Bernard, you know. <laughs> yeah, but he's great, and of course the other one. Um, a, a, a sort of star attraction. There's Eunice Stubbs uh, as Flo, who's sort of running the running the cafe. There, uh, they're trapped in. Um, I thought she was really good as well, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Doesn't gives a a nice. I want to say understated performance, but you know what I mean. Not she's not. Um, being over the, the top, which I think it could have been easy to be with that character. Yeah, it it could have quickly sort of descended into that kind of lovable, over the top Cockney. Yeah, do, do you know what I mean? Sort of cafe owner, sort of loud and brash, and it wasn't anything like that at yeah. all. It was sort of she was quite sort of world weary and sort of now I'm going. I'm right. You speak to the next person. I'm going. I'm my shift's over. I'm yeah. going home. And you know, it was all. Yeah, the the world weary bit was the, which then makes it believable that that character wouldn't be phased by. Mm. What's going on, and holds exactly. it together? Exactly, yeah. But I, 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 I did. I mean, I, I just like the fact that sort of like a, a character owned a mini as well. Now, people who, yeah. who, who know me know I love my minis, and um, <laughs> and her mini survived basically. Whereas, um, <laughs> so Bernard Cribbins Bentley got torn apart, didn't it? So. <laughs> Well, so I'm, glad, I'm glad the uh, mini made it. I was wondering whether this review got to the point where the, the creatures tore the door off the mini and then you turned off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not listening to this it. rubbish. It's anti-mini, is what it is. Yes. <laughs> it's at that point where I just thought they're just doing this for, for the sake of doing it and I turned off. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, but as we said, this one um, is, is a full, is an eighth Doctor story, and this one also features Lucy Miller, as played by Sheridan Smith. Um, what did you think of the two leads in this one? This this is obviously sort of quite um, early in their relationship, isn't it? Yeah, um, I must admit, I, I, I haven't bothered to look up where it actually fall, falls in the um, in the order of of stories for the eighth Doctor and Lucy Miller. Um, 
It is, yeah, quite near the sort of blood near the blood of the Daleks spectrum yeah. of the uh, yeah, yeah of their relationship. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, no, um, I I I I thought they were great in it actually. Yeah, I think she's a good companion actually because I think she doesn't really take a lot of rubbish, but is 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 just the annoying enough to um get the doctor really. Mm, yeah, yeah. I thought she. I thought she. She interacted with. Um, I mean, she gets a nice little, um, sort of bit of, of um, sort of character-driven stuff in this as well, which I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into. Um, but she's sort of connected to one of the other characters. Yeah. Ever mentioned, um, um, Pat. Um, but uh, no, I, I. I. I thought she was. I thought she was really, really good. Actually, um, that there was one line though. I thought you. I thought you would never get away with that now. Um, was when when they find the, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of giving oh, away. Yeah. I'm kind yeah. of giving away the, the the plot somewhat here, but when they um, find um... find find something outside, yes, don't they? Um, and before that, when they're making their way, Make, to, makes to a the, comment on appearance. Yes, um, which I don't think would have made the cut now. No. To be honest, um, yeah. Even if you try to sort of pass it off as like, okay, this person's from a from you know another time or something, um, yeah, and and this was set in the seventies, um, I don't think, I don't think they could have got away with it. No, really don't, really don't. I just, yeah, I, more more actually because it didn't actually need the line. Hmm. Exactly. That, I mean, that, I mean, surely she must it, have been aware what glam rock was like and how people dressed. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. That that was the more surprising thing because actually it was like, uh, well, I would never even thought of that as a as something to say about someone dressed like that. No, no. The thing is that I I so, don't know what where, where Lucy no. Miller comes from. I don't know what what um is she sort of contemporary. I I, I honestly don't. Yes. I don't know enough about the character, but yeah, no, she's you saying yeah, it is yeah, she is contemporary. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then blimey. Yeah, or, or reasonably contemporary to, I think, 90s. Hmm. So, so you would have thought then... By that, yeah. By yeah we're, not, we're, not, we're not talking about someone... She wasn't from the 70s, giving it a 70s view on things. No, no. So she would know what yeah. glam rockers dress like, yeah. basically. So, Yeah. No, I th- no, I thought it was really, really. Um, she was really good. Um, Paul McGann um, was good as well. Um, he had he had a lot to do in this story. I say fifty minutes. It is, there's a lot packed into it, um, and he gets to interact with everybody, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean that that was actually the good thing is that you didn't really. Well, this, no, the only thing I don't like didn't like about this. All right, okay. This story is the sort of the fact. If it had just been them there, that was fine. You could understand that. They kept making these other comments to road, the other roadies. Mm. And we do have one roadie who has a, a speaking part in this. Yes, A limited yeah. speaking part in this. But there's comments to the other roadies. And you just sort of think, well, what? They're, they're a bit odd because they're not... They You wouldn't just be sitting at the side having a coffee while all this is going on. Which seemed to be the the suggestion as what they was doing. 
yeah, or yeah, they just sort of disappeared into the background. It's, it's like the 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 um, the disappearing coxswain from um, Kurt, was it Curse of the Black Spot? Yeah, wasn't it? One minute he's there, next minute, well, where's he gone? You know, so and then at the end he just appears again. So um, yeah, it, yeah, it was. You, it, you it get was this mention weird. of them, and then they're not. They do, they do nothing at all. No, While everyone else is being attacked. They seem to just be sitting there having a coffee. Now you would have thought like big burly roadies who yeah. Well, in the seventies, I mean, I suppose this is where the the roadie came into their own, really. Yeah, um, and and you and you get that from the one character that is given a Ron that is given a a, a speaking part. You know, it does 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 do that. And fair enough. And if you just had him, mm. I don't see if if they weren't actually going to do anything, why actually introduce them as being there? I know. It, they didn't need to be there. Well, the thing they, is, though, they did nothing while they was there. Well, the thing is that it made it made sense that they were there because if, if this cafe, this this roadside cafe, is meant to be like a um, a, a meeting point. It seems to be this they're, they're yeah. traveling up and down the country, and they're always going to hit this this particular road. Hmm. So it was it was a place where all these bands would sort of like sort of congregate. So you would expect to to be full of roadies. Really. But to a certain extent, yeah. But it, it made sense from weather, that perspective, but, but you, 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 yeah, but they're trapped the in bad... there, so they should be full of roadies. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't know. I mean, well, not necessarily because you don't know at what sort of time this is set in the evening. You know. Hmm. Oh, oh, Christ! So, so you, well, have you have you watched those those programs on, on BBC Four about you know life on the road? Oh yeah, and, I mean, yeah, no, 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 they'd have been there at one o'clock in the morning. They'd have yeah. been driving up one, but then you'd suspect they wouldn't have actually set out or whatever in that weather or wouldn't be necessarily then stopping at a service station well I think they, I, I, well I think they stop for as you say for their coffee and, and a big fry up um, yeah. as, you, as you say they wouldn't be sitting there still having a coffee and a fry up well whilst yeah. <laughs> whilst all this is going on around them so. so so once you've introduced the bad weather you've got an excuse not to have to have them there yeah so why then having them there and then not having them do anything yeah, it was was a was, bit of a, a, a yeah. plot gap, really, wasn't it? I'll have them all rush out with with Ron and have mm. that scene happen to all of them. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. So, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it just, uh, do, do you know what, though? It didn't actually occur to me whilst I was listening to it. It's only because you now mentioned it. I thought, yeah, yeah, you're right. No. You're right. No, it, it, it did bother me, <laughs> I have to say. Especially when they leave... Um, not getting into the story now. When they leave uh, Arnold to to hold off the um the monsters, mm, yeah. That it it's apparent that they're they're leaving him to hold them off on the, on his own while the roadies are still sitting there, still drinking sitting coffee. there drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got a point. You got a point. Oh dear, oh dear! But uh, but putting those little niggly things to one side, it, yeah. it is. It is. A, I think it was a very entertaining story. I really do. It is. I mean, yeah. I mean that that. that I mean, if that's the thing that I'm having the biggest moan about, then. so what then, happened to the roadies? Yeah, <laughs> it's completely spot your enjoyment. <laughs> no, but it, you know, but but if, if, if that's what I'm having to pick at to find something to to have a have a moan, then then the rest of the story is probably. 
quite good. I think we. Can yeah, say. I think so too. I think so too. So, um, well, to be honest, I, I haven't really got much more to, to say about it, really, because I, I, I just, no. I just enjoyed it. I don't want to spoil it too much for people, because um, as I say, I enjoyed it, and I, I, I hope, you know, if you go decide to go and listen to it um, after listening to this um, little review, that that you'll enjoy it as much as we did. Yes. Because um, I must admit, I wasn't, I wasn't too sure about this time, because I because of the terrible pun on the horror of Fang Rock. Um, yeah. But or the plan words, it's not a pun. Plan words, um, but but then I saw Bernard Cribbins. I'm in, really. Yeah, that was it. So, uh, oh, did you did you listen to his interview in the extras? Uh yeah. On the first time of listening, I did. Yes. Yeah. Interesting what he talks about having auditioned. Yes. Now I'd, I'd either I seem to remember I. Had heard that story before, yeah. Um, and again, if if you go and buy the the CD or the download of this, that the the interviews con- contained on on there on, on yeah. that. So um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, mm. and, say, well, I think I think I'd heard that he had auditioned and not got the part, but not the reasons. Yeah, yeah, because that's well, interesting. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, go 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 and buy it, and you'll you'll find out what it is. Yeah, you find out what it is. But, uh, okay, so um, should should we leave that there? Yes, should that there? So. I thought, yeah, I thought it was quite a nice nice little positive review from us. Hmm. Actually, well, well, last month's was Spirit from Space last month, so that's all. We, yeah. we, we both enjoy that one anyway. So, uh, but no, that was good. That was good. Um, so uh, next month then we are returning to. Our series one retrospective, aren't we? Yes. Yes. Um, and we're near the end. It's a penultimate episode. I was going to say yes. Yes, while we can. Yes, I know. Because <laughs> because once we've once we've done this, we're, we're finished. So <laughs> <laughs> once it's gone, it's gone. Hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> yeah. So next one, we're back to our series one retrospective. Um, and of course, in between. Um, we are releasing our companion specials as well. So we've got um, coming up this month. Um, we've got one with um, Paul Heath from the Faros Project, the previously mentioned or previously plugged Faros Project. So um, yes. which which was a lot of fun <laughs> to record. If you tracked them down, I did. I tracked down. one of them down anyway. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, we we do have some more uh, to come, um, which have <laughs> was been. It, was, it, was it like meeting Livingston? <laughs> Ken, yeah. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So, uh, fa- <laughs> famous amphibian sexer, <laughs> Ken Livingston. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, no. So we, we've I've been recording um, loads. They'll be they'll be released over the coming months. So we've got quite a few um, sort of lined up to be released, and there's more to come as well. So. Um, so I think the um, we've got a nice roster of guests coming up as well. So, it's been uh, nice to listen to something not spoilt by me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could come and um, do some of these interviews, these compare specials if you, if you like. Or, 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 actually, Paul, why don't we get you? Up? You why don't I get you on it to talk about your favourite companion, <laughs> or just not even your favourite one, just a companion you think is worthy of discussion? So, mm. okay, that's a big no from Paul. Then I could. <laughs> I have to think about that. 
You run out of options, mate. You run out of options. I know, yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so um, that that's what. So the the let's say that again. Companion special with with uh, Paul Heath from the Faust Project will be our next release. So Paul and I will be back in uh, beginning of May with our series uh, near near nearly the end of our series one retrospective. So yes. um, there we go. Okay, everybody. So um, until next time, then it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye for me, Paul. Goodbye. Listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.